to teach the world to sing. Sing with me. Welcome, welcome everyone to the pilot episode, the debut episode. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Kelton, and I'm joined this series by my good friend, Dredd. How's it going? Going well. I'm glad to be here. Good. Uh, You know, I am so excited to just be kicking this off with you because we are going to be discussing in this show various fantasy worlds and the problems therein. So we're going to be doing basically two episodes for each fantasy world as it exists, depending on when it debuts views on the various streaming service owned by a billionaire of your choice. And then we will be pushing forward with a uh, subsequent episode to give people an idea of to what we're going to be doing first we are diving into the world of westeros also known as game of thrones but i use the preferred terminology that warner brothers discovery wants us to let us know because of the franchising possibility uh, It's the wizarding world of harry potter it's the world of westeros i'm very confused about what exactly is happening um in game of thrones so dread uh, what's your background with got i am gonna first of all foremost apologize for this but i am a massive giant nerd and i compulsively read fantasy and fiction uh but it's it's okay to read you know it's a bold well, claim with our well, audience <laughs> to say that you read but fine i guess the, the bragging let's not get ahead of ourselves because i also am a compulsive history nerd oh that's even worse i know i know it's, <laughs> it's like, like reading a, about real things come on now okay it's really interesting so like right in this time just to immediately date this podcast basically uh we have a game of thrones prequel show and a lord of the rings prequel show coming out pretty like pretty concurrently it, it, uh, the dueling banjos of fantasy sequel spinoffs that i don't give a fuck about tuned banjos but <laughs> like the, so it's interesting that like so both george R. R. martin and j uh jr tolkien um have an interesting habit um which a lot of people have emulated in different ways including you know martin borrowing this token of rewriting historical aspects of england specifically or britain uh into their fantasy world because there's no other history that you can pull from that's interesting exactly and, and there's <laughs> ne- never been anything interesting anywhere else no other cent- center of the world clearly you know it would be a terrible i personally do not have a desire to witness england sink into the sea you know like that's not <laughs> something that i think about regularly so talking at least it's like very defensible like the lord of the rings is actually kind of a catharsis for him having lost all of his friends in world war one the four hobbits are his stand-ins for his friends and like the moral is sort of like war is hell ultimately martin is weirder in the sense that he it has a deep almost like uh obsession with the courtly politic of the english monarchy and so this particular show which is house of the dragon is based on a in-world historical event in westeros called the dance of dragons which is based on the war Wars of Secession in England after the death of King Henry the First. That relates a little bit into the War of the Roses time period, or is that uh, before or after? Substantially earlier. So actually, so earlier. So the, okay. The ga- original Game of Thrones, or the Game of Thrones that people are familiar with, is very War of the Roses based. Okay. So this is the thing about Martin. So Tolkien actually was in World War One, and his friends died. Martin but we has, all saw the Tolkien movie. You know, number one at the right. at the box office as people sure. were, you know, as he was like holding his shell shocked friend, being like, "I'm gonna." name you after a four foot tall person with giant <laughs> feet don't worry buddy passing he's gonna away. be so whimsical <laughs> as long as you make culturally insensitive stereotypes about the turkish people eh, dying yeah, exactly. i promise i will i will never be not racist <laughs> uh, yeah. made, made a pledge to his friend but martin has like a very much like a, like a, a historical fascination and so it's very fascinating because rather than like these small scale individual stories stories of of, uh, growth and like conversational or sort of like development. Uh, It's much more focused on like the, the intricacies and courtly politics of the larger scale war. Um, And so game of Thrones that people are familiar with from the show is very much based on, you know, the war of the roses period and aspects of that, or it might've been uh, a different war, but I believe it's war of the roses. And this actually is much more in my wheelhouse, but the uh, house, of the dragon is based on the uh, much earlier the fallout from one king's sort of general decision about uh, secession in the post uh, William the Conqueror era. Uh, so oh, it's kind okay. Of 
Interesting. Yeah, so, so, is it okay if I get into a little bit of the background of this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Please. So there's um, in, in some parallels between Westeros and England. Uh, in England, real world England, unfortunately not a fantasy place, uh, but probably worse than Westeros, you know, terrible place. Yes. But, yes. Uh, being king of England for a long time was like being president of a homeschool. Like that's how it was viewed in the sort of like courtly graces of Europe. Okay. Uh, I it was it. like, it was a backwater. And in fact, that persisted through the, what became known as the Plantagenet period or the, the Angevin Kings, which is the eventual fallout of the uh, war of secession in the um, Henry the uh, first. But before that, William the conqueror uh, was the bastard, uh, like illegitimate son of the, of a, of a Norman, which is just the sort of general term for the, uh, for the ethnic group in that part of France, basically, they were and a, they later later settled in Oklahoma, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why everyone in Oklahoma is named Norman. Okay, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. William the Conqueror takes the ball. Oh, sacked for a five yard loss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the so William was very aware that he didn't have uh, land to inherit in France, or in that point, like like basically the 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 structure of the um normandy yeah, uh, yeah was not going to be uh giving him any land so basically he roused up a bunch of his dad's like extra knights his his one of his like siblings actually contributed some forces basically like a we don't want you here causing trouble go take over something like we're uh, worried that you're going to try and kill one of your family members to get their land so exactly why don't you go take some of a stranger's land yeah right. sure and the land okay. that was taken was um england which was the home of the anglos at, at that point like Got it. yeah the term anglo-saxon comes from it's like saxons are actually a another germanic group it, like once again the ethnic migration and, and um pathways of, of of Western Europe in the like pre medieval times actually very fascinating, but it's not like super relevant to this. But the point is that it's white uh, people doing war crimes against other white people. It's the best period of history. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there yeah. are no good guys <laughs> because the people you root for will become history's greatest monsters <laughs> at yep. some point. So yeah, at some point, <laughs> let's go, let's go kill, so, kill all those honkies. <laughs> um, the Normans win in England um, effectively due to basically two things, basically a really bad battle planning um, on the part of the uh, King Harold, uh, who like basically he gets baited by the oldest trick in the book, a fake retreat. Uh, and then the existence of the crossbow. Like God. The crossbow thing. God damn it. Okay. Well, see, hold on, hold on. I need, I need to pump the brakes here because uh, I, again, with the title of the show, a crossbow, you say? Yes, <laughs> this is actually this is an important point to make. That the so uh, the show, of course, being called uh, the uh, um, uh, the I'd like uh, to buy the world uh, a gun. I'd like to buy the world a gun. Uh, like in our world, our real world, uh, basic like advances in in firearms or in like in in archery um, was. Uh, a huge difference in the battle of Hastings. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, anything that basically is going to give just a, a uh, I guess a, a bastard army, uh, a superior technological advantage. Like that's how genocides happen. Let's go. Like that's, that, that is the way that history operates. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, so the big thing for the battle of Hastings, which once again, which would be pre the game of Thrones thing. Mm -hmm. is that crossbows penetrated through shields. And so um, the Norman army kept faking retreats and then the, the Anglos would just like charge after them and then just like holding a shield because they're used to being able to basically hold off longbow fire by holding a shield over their heads. And instead, all of a sudden, crossbow bolts would just come straight through their shields and kill them. Jesus. And um, the equivalent of the crossbow in the Game of Thrones universe is a dragon. Hell yeah. Uh, and I say that to say that, like, um, the Targaryens, who people might be familiar from, from the main Game of Thrones, who are the central figures in this uh, House of the Dragon, are effectively the, norm the descendants of the Norman conquerors 
or in this case, they were just some random people in their homeland. Yeah, they weren't, weren't even weren't they called like the Andals, or was that? Am I getting stuff confused? I don't that? remember okay. that particular okay. part. Well, but they were like the Targaryen families were effectively just some random lesser nobles or even like lesser people in their original um, home. And one of them witnessed like basically a premonition that they were going to uh, survive the doom of Valeria. Uh, and they like, they just moved their people. And, uh, okay. Like, okay. I'm sorry. I, I just need to press pause here. Cause I know you're talking about like the obvious influence uh, that history has. This is Jor-El with Superman. Okay. Yes. Like, oh no, our entire people group is going to leave. I, as one of the nobles, decide that we have to go. Oh no, silly old whatever the fuck this guy's name is. Annie's or whatever. I, I'm not sure how Valerian. Aegon the Conqueror. Okay. Fantastic. Good job, Aegon. Uh, why don't you get gone out of here, huh? Yeah, that, that's probably what they said. Actual line from <laughs> that, that took place in this fictional world. So basically, Aegon the the first, which is like um, Martin's version of Norman the Conqueror, and his two wives, who also were his sisters, uh, nice leave respect Valeria like just before this like apocalyptic event with dragons, and just like how Norman the Normans had crossbows, the the Targaryens had dragons, and well, they you used know- that to conquer. Again, Westeros had a lot of like good anti-dragon legislation passed, but the fact that in Valeria it was so easy to get a dragon, that just meant the people would get dragons in Valeria and then bring it into Westeros. You know, you, you gotta be careful. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, sh- it really shows the limitation of like state by state. You know, the Tenth Amendment really weakened <laughs> the people of uh of Westeros. <laughs> The only thing that stops a good guy with a dragon is a bad guy with a dragon. You might think that I got it backwards, but that's actually how Game of Thrones works. So (laughs) Um, So to to, to round things before, I'm sorry to to ramble on English history. No, no. Um, House of the Dragon, which is based on, once again, the in-world story, the dance with dragons, is effectively the Targaryen Civil War or a, a, a battle between what if the people that unilaterally had ruled with dragons instead decided to fight each other? Good. Again, no good guys in this right. story because, you know, that, that's the Absolutely. way it works. Uh, it sounds like that is a terrible idea for a TV show because it sounds like this is all like historical documentation and not actual like characters that you can empathize and root for and kind of send off on their own way, but rather like it's good footnotes to explain like the fucked up past that I don't know, like a future queen might come from that would uh, lead to further character complexity. Yeah. I mean, I I think like pretty not now, not talking from historical point of view, but talking from like a show running point of view, like it already very clearly is going to shuffle suffer rather from prequelitis where like it has to, there are literally no um, surprises or stakes. If you don't like, okay, sure. You could, you could choose to go in completely blind, but like if you read the books, it literally tells you what happens. Like we, we, we know the ending of this. And if you have any familiarity with like that period of historical time, though, to be fair, once again, Martin based all of his stuff on like the intricacies of, of, of British monarchs or English monarchs. So like you kind of can predict what's going to happen though. Unfortunately, there were no fire eating dragons in the English wars of secession. As far as I'm aware, I was going to say that we know of history is written by the victors. The only thing more terrifying than winning a war with dragons is then making sure that no one mentions the dragons. Talk about propaganda, you know, <laughs> where's that? The jokes aside, like that's kind of actually one of the premises of this Game of Thrones world is like, so, so uh, pr- spoiler for anyone that has not seen Game of Thrones, but is no. listening to this podcast for the prequel. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, sure. All two of you that somehow right. this like auto cued on and you're listening to it on your factory job. Yeah. <laughs> At the start of the Game of Thrones show, there's actually nothing very supernatural. Game of Thrones is a very low fantasy um situation for the most part because they killed all of them right exactly the dragons are dead yeah until season three 
they they were like big massive dragons of course those were the ones that got smuggled across but due to also like dragon inbreeding as well didn't they get down to like the size of like horses or dogs like small little like inbred fucking things like those were the last dragons right so basically the end point is like so the targaryens who came over from valeria in inbred constantly and that's once again martin being like oh the the european monarchy inbred completely which to his credit very true uh and the they also only brought like a small number of dragons and so they had a very limited genetic pool but also (laughs) it was mostly fine because they weren't fighting wars against people with dragons and when you're fighting wars against people okay so to once again to bring the analogy back to guns if you have a nuke is what it sounds like well, I would say more accurately, if you had like a really, really good battleship. Okay. Yeah, that that is probably better. Yeah. That only you could drive. So, okay. so only you and your chosen heirs could drive. Nice. Okay. You would be able to take over Westeros in two weeks. Nice. Nice. And that's what dragons were. But Perfect. if you suddenly were fighting somebody else with an equivalent power battleship, and also over the generations, you had just not kept up with this battleship. You would just like, you know, you'd had to use like inferior parts to maintain it and stuff. And they were, it was a weaker battleship somehow than it was at first. And like, An inbred battleship. Right. The cannons and, don't shoot straight. They're right. little cockeyed. And in order, <laughs> in order to make sure that only your line could control the battleship, you interbred your, your family inbred entirely. So now the commander is like sitting in a chair and like talking to himself and kind of has like one head eye, like drifting at any given point. I feel like we've created a, a like an amazing water world, uh, reboot for exactly. us. <laughs> and then you fight another battleship with a similarly inbred <laughs> captain. Like that's when stuff gets weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I can see how that might be a problem. Um, man, so I, I'm just loving the idea of like a giant, you know, picturesque battleship that is gradually getting replaced with like wood and then shittier wood on yep, top of that. Yep. And then they're like closing off entire levels of the battleship. They're like, ah, well, fuck it. We don't know what to do here uh, with it. So, um, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I do have a question though about the actual war that exists between the Valerian. Um, I want to say Valerian families, but it might just be one family. Regardless, what made Game of Thrones as a show work so well, in addition to being rather low on the actual fantasy side for the first couple seasons, was the scope of characters kind of went from the it was almost like an upstairs downstairs kind of show of where like you saw the lives of the court. You also saw the lives of the regular people. Now the show kind of fell apart by having all of the regular people end up becoming knights and princes and like the special born and blah, blah, blah. And so you, you lost a little bit of that kind of touch later on, but it doesn't sound like there are going to be that many regular people in this house of the dragon show, because everyone is connected and is someone's ancestor or does something to someone's ancestor. And that's important. So, yeah, I actually think that's a really fair uh, potential worry. I don't know how they're going to, I have to assume if they have any confidence, which is a big ask, they will sort of add in those common people, those everyday people into the story. Um, but at least from what in universe in game of Thrones is known. And like with the fact that it's based on, so it's, it's, once again, it's very loosely based on the uh, English Wars of Secession uh, with Henry I. Um, Henry I died and had left the throne to his daughter, uh, Empress Matilda. Uh, and then um, effectively, despite the fact that he had like committed to supporting Matilda, uh, he uh, or his, his, his might have been his wife, Empress Matilda, but it was some, you know, maybe both. You never know. You never know with those things. Uh, or secret daughter. Who knows? Like I actually think things. his, both his wife and daughter were named Matilda, but they were two different people. Good. Um, Good. But, uh, so her cousin, Stephen, Stefan basically sails across and is like, actually can't leave the throne to a woman, you know, 
Can't do that. Uh, original and, dudes rock man himself, Stephen exactly. of I don't know what what area was he from Auschwitz? Uh, I, <laughs> uh, he's just credited, I believe, as like I think he's like Count of Bologna. Oh, okay. Cousin Steve Bologna. from Bologna. <laughs> yeah. I cook it to meatball. I hate it to women, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Steve Bologna is, is basically takes the, the 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 throne, and then Matilda never actually sits on the throne, and eventually her son Henry the Second takes the throne. Oh, and okay. Henry the Second. It, it's like a set of complicated wars, and like once again, um, kind of to the rest of Europe, seen as being like the equivalent of being um principal of a homeschool again. Yeah, so like Henry, yeah. Henry. So the actual much more interesting period in real history is the next immediate period, which is Henry the second, his three interesting sons and like their sort of struggle for throne. So Henry the second eventually marries Eleanor of Aquitaine, who's the ex-wife of the King of France. Uh And so like, if you want to talk about like principle of homeschool, Henry the second is marrying a, I want to say woman 13 years, his elder who is the ex-wife of the queen of the king of france so like henry the second is like the pete davidson of this yeah, world yeah All exactly right. and the hell yeah king of france up white boy with the sauce get, exactly getting it, getting it on with the king of france's ex <laughs> uh and henry henry has three sons um henry the third the black prince of wales uh, who dies in a jousting accident of course just and then so cool richard so cool. The, Richard the Lionhearted, who dies from an infected arrow. Even better, because he was the Crusader guy, right? Yeah, he, he was. Like he was like, I hear God calling me, sending me to Jerusalem. In reality, what he heard was, "Oh, I want to go spend time with my three gay lovers," and allegedly in in the Holy Land. We don't need to say allegedly. I don't think we're going to get a lawsuit. From- <laughs> you never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then King John, um, and so it's it's actually very interesting that like. Those three, so like a lot of like British folklore that has survived in the modern times, uh, is either about or from that era. So like Robin Hood is set in that era with King John being the antagonist and King Richard being a sort of form of protagonist. Uh, but there's <laughs> there's a lot of like evidence to say this to show that like some of the earliest Arthurian myths that have been can- sort of canonized into the King Arthur myths were actually came up with by or by the court of Eleanor of Aquitaine to, as children's stories, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it Again, it is amazing when people are talking about, like, well, how long are Marvel comic books going to last if we don't stop put a stop to them? My answer is forever, because that happened with fucking King Arthur, because it's stories meant for children. Like, please go the fuck to bed, Prince Stephen of Bologna the Fourth or whatever. And he just won't shut up. And you're like... Have I told you the story about the guy with a bow and arrow who would hunt deer in the woods? Cool. All right, let me tell you all about him. And all he he had a friend named Little John who was actually kind of big, and uh, Friar Tuck. Yeah. Okay. You guys stick with me with this storyline. Awesome. What if I made them foxes? You little furry fucks, huh? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> so the the end all be all is in the Game of Thrones in in Westeros. Um. The show, I believe, is actually set. Um, it probably takes place before what is called the Dance with Dragon or Dance of Dragons, which is like this, like effectively two year war, horribly bloody two year war. Turns out, if you have dragons, you're like you can rack up kills pretty quick. That uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Like, yay, more spectacle with no stakes. This is exactly what I want at the beginning of a show. No, well. I, the, I, I suspect the beginning of the show will actually start before this two-year war. It'll be the, the build-up period. Um, so in, in the show universe, what we know from, once again, it's like historical record, once again, like like fake history within the Game of Thrones books, mm-hmm. is that um, this one king uh, has a daughter. He basically doesn't have any sons, uh, and he names his daughter uh, as his heir. And like, He's like, you're going to be my heir. And this, this that, goes well. I this, goes, this goes amazingly well. In fact, it goes <laughs> so well <laughs> that it, um, in fact, uh, goes terribly. 
Oh, okay. Shocker. So, Who would yeah. have known in this in this society is constructed? Right. So this guy has um a daughter, uh, and then he has a brother. And his brother is is the Matt Smith character. Fuck yes. Oh, yeah. this is so great. Yeah, because he's like, I should take the throne. No, I, actually. No, he's not. It's, okay. As crazy as it sounds, no, not right away. What happens is this du- this dumbass, the king lives long enough that he's like, I should remarry. And so he remarries to another person uh, who he has three kids with, including a son. Oh. After he has already promised his daughter the throne. Oh. And then the dumbass dies. Nice. Wild card situation. Exactly. And so during this time, uh, the daughter marries her uncle to secure her throne position. Question, question mark. <laughs> yeah, not great, not great. So Matt Smith is going to be a groomer, so we're going to start with that right so there. So he's the, marrying the daughter? So Matt Smith's character, who's the uncle... Yeah, marries will, the daughter who was in line for the throne? Who will be the main character, I suspect. Oh, okay, well, cool. So he gets to basically rule regardless, then. All not, right. not exact. It's complicated. You Listen, yeah, I don't know much, again, about fantasy or history, but the second you marry your niece, you're allowed to rule the kingdom. Right. <laughs> that, that is, that's, how, that's how it works, actually. You, uh, and then you get to say, fuck off to your nephew, who is also your cousin, who's also your brother-in-law. <laughs> Basically, yes. Nice. Nice. This is gonna uh I love how like in Game of Thrones how they have like the family tree type situation. I imagine in Valeria they're just like, we're not gonna bother because it looks like a hornet's nest just folding in on itself. <laughs> it's an <laughs> Ouroboros of uh just fucking Yeah. So basically what happens is so like I think his name's Viserys the first, um has Renera. Uh, and then, like, a whole bunch of the families, like, swear fealty to uh, Rhaenyra, or Rhaenyra, or however they... I, it's a bunch of R's, A's, E's, N's, and Y's. Yeah. Like, yeah. like just throw them together, throw in a wall, and, and you're gonna get it. Uh, <laughs> and, like... They're also all gonna get Americanized nicknames that are one syllable. They're gonna be yeah, like, like, come on, Rye, or, like, whatever they do, always, I, always I in fantasy shows. <laughs> I guarantee it. You're gonna be like, "Come on, Nick!" <laughs> it's gonna be like, uh, "God, it's it's all I hate it." So, um, basically, because this guy remarries and has these other kids, uh, Rye <laughs> marries her uncle, tries to secure down the throne, and then there's a schism where like a bunch of people are like, "Hey, I know we promised that we were gonna like honor this this girl as like this woman is like the the queen, but like." come on, she's a, she's a woman. Like we can't do this shit. Like there's, there's a, there's a perfectly good boy over there that can rule. He's four already a man. Look at him. <laughs> and then, um, we, <laughs> is he throwing a tantrum or is this like his default personality because of all of the inbreeding? We don't know. Uh, <laughs> just seems like a miserable situation, but okay. They got dragons. So got to respect him. Yep, and, and like, I I think technically like her brother, who her half brother, who gets named like I think she's like in her thirties or forties, and then her half brother's like twenty or something. Mm-hmm. Like, so not not fully just like a toddler prince, um, but like, uh, still basically there's a huge schism. A bunch of the houses pledge loyalty to one, a bunch of the others pledge loyalty to the other, and then there's a war with dragons. I, I hear you, and I understand that that might be how it actually goes. But dread, hear me out here. Make him even younger. I do agree. A, I, do a 100%. baby's day out set in the Game of Thrones universe as the Valyrian civil war is taking place. So he's just kind of running around the courtroom as fire is just you know raining down and wars are being waged. A lot of like looking at people's knees and down as he's kind of waddling his way through <laughs> over the clashing. <laughs> so um very directly it's it's pretty funny like the fact that they're doing this is to me very funny because i think it's a tremendously bad idea just as a premise and this is the one that worked right like because they had five different pilots that they were trying to green light and then right they're like i guess this works sure 
Yeah, exactly. Um, like they're like, this is the one that is the closest to working because it's the closest to being a, a, like a actually fleshed out story. Uh, and I think it's just going to be like relatively awful. Like, yeah. How many seasons are we guessing for this right off the bat? Uh, I think that they ideally would want like a four season arc and maybe a five season arc. Okay, I'm going uh, three because I yeah, think one season think for sure, obviously. I think, I think two this, is pretty guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that then at the end of two, they're going to realize, oh, shit, like this is dead on arrival. We're going to give it a third season. Like Westworld is on its fourth season. You know, like it. I, I can't. I don't know a single person who watches Westworld and yet no, it's on either. season four. Right. So uh, like, uh, again, I'm not, maybe it lasts the four seasons like you were talking about, but man, I mean, with how much it costs per episode, I would imagine that they are saying no, like it has to be a hit. Come on now. Yeah. I, I think that that's like, I think that it can definitely coast two seasons on name recognition alone. Um, I think like, once again, if we were going, if, if I was going to map out what I think that the actual, um, arcs of the show should be, the first season should be basically setting up the, like the King setting up this like courtly intrigue and it should literally end with him dying and the, like the secession nonsense starting. Yes. The second season should just be like mostly political stuff, like with some mild stuff and then like. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I, again, I, I don't mean to to uh, pick nits here, but um, so you're saying the end of the first season of a show should end with the patriarch of the family that we're following yeah. dying, and then the second season of the show should be a lot of political intrigue, as then we spend time with these characters. Yeah, it should literally just follow the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. Interesting. I can't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, if we're going to be ripping it off anyway, like, you At might least as well. rip off the good seasons. Exactly. Right. Like, no, it's only season six and seven from now on. Well, <laughs> so, like, I really worry that they're going to really try to go with the dragons right off the bat and, like, do these grand spectacle things right off the bat. But they really shouldn't. Like, if, honestly, if this was being appropriately paced, there wouldn't be a real skirmish until, like, the end of season two at the very earliest. I'm going to give you midway through episode one. <laughs> I'm like, probably. Again, I'm sorry. I, based on how these trailers operate, like they are they are trying to throw everything they can to make people want to get buzz about their show. So maybe the skirmish is like in the s- set of a flashback or something like that. But like I, I guarantee well, you. Well, yeah, they're going to have to set up Matt Smith's character. So Matt K- Smith, for everyone who doesn't know, is playing Damon Targaryen, uh, who like is the younger brother of the king, eventually marries his niece and is like supposedly the legendary warrior of his era. Nice. Okay. Fun fact, he wields one of those Valerian steel swords. Uh, it's called Dark Sister. Because he wants to fuck it? Like, what's what's the <laughs> situation here? <laughs> I, I, again, like, it, it's very complicated uh, with why they would name these swords these things. Um, so, so, is he a good guy? Or, I understand there's no good guys and bad guys necessarily with this world. Is he someone who people look back on and go, man, I wish we had him around? Um, He's going to survive surprisingly deep into this show if they're God following the books God damn it. correctly. Um, yeah, I know. With his bad wig. Um, Can I he believe- not grow his hair out? Like They had a whole pandemic delay. Like what, what? Why couldn't they just do real hair for I this? I have no idea. Um, I suspect that the show is going to take a sympathetic lens. I think that I, I suspect that the, because of the way that they are billing things, I think Emmy Darcy's uh, uh, Reina, Ren, Renria or whatever Rhaenyra Targaryen is going to effectively be the protagonist role. Okay. Which I think then makes Damon, assuming they follow the, the way that the books are laid out and don't make him like more scheming and conniving, is going to be like basically her eventual heroic champion. Uncle. Got it. Yeah. yeah uh, groomer. Uh, but 
I think that <laughs> I, I really wish they like lived an especially long time because then that would make it be at least more palatable to me. That was to be like he's forty seven hundred years old and she's only nineteen hundred years old. Like that right. would that would be at least better in my head. But the fact that they're like, no, nah, she's like a teenager, if that even, and then he's sneaky old because he's matt smith so he 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 looked like he was 45 from the age of like 24 and then he's just kind of stayed that level exactly um so i think that he's going to be portrayed though as like a, a reasonably consistently heroic character uh-huh. uh and considering that like so the two sort of like the Matilda and Steven characters, so to speak, are that Emmy Darcy and then Tom Glyn Carney or something who's been in like Dunkirk and actually I think in Tolkien as well. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he's like, he's like a sickly looking blonde with like, uh, I was going to say yeah, stereotypical British actor. Number four uh-huh. here. Actually, yeah. let me drop a URL to show you exactly how British this man was. Oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, appropriately inbred casting call said, we need someone who looks like there are five generations <laughs> of inbreeding taking place. Yeah. If I saw a black and white photo of this guy, I would have th- thought he died in 1918. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he looks like the lead singer of some 41 got a nose job. <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker. Absolutely. Uh, man, like it's nice to see that Victorian era faces are still a thing somehow. Uh, Good, good casting work by these people. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, like, so those are going to be the two sort of like main, I don't say combatants, but like, um, people who are matter for the actual, like throne aspect of it. And uh-huh. he's not very highly billed or being featured in a lot of the advertisements for this show. Sneaky, right now. sneaky main character. So, yeah, right. I, I think like he might just. I think that the the first season might like very barely touch on it. Mm-hmm. So I think that like we're going to be setting up. I think they are deciding to make Damon, played by Matt Smith, like effectively the male lead for this season. Boo. And we're going to see a lot of him. Boo. And, and then his niece wife is going to be the female lead. Mm, niece wife hell yeah again relatable characters that we can all root for this is good this is the path that they chose to take they could have done something about like the era of the first men they could have done something just talking about like the invasion that took place they could have done something on the other side of essos just completely unrelated to anything that's going on but no, it, it's it's nice uh, this that is they the one did that, this. This is the pilot that worked. I think there's a non-insignificant part of that that's about the fact that this is the one that the first two seasons are going to look the closest to the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. I yeah no this is this is very much them trying. They're not swinging for the fences with this. You know, like they are like we need a solid generating buzz kind of a hit. And that will be this. And I don't understand why Matt Smith was chosen. Like there are just like any other old Game of Thrones actor you could have gotten. Like uh, like I don't know what's his name Dickon that's in the Umbrella Academy now. Like come yeah, on, yeah, a- absolutely. But he's already in Game of Thrones. Is the problem he gets burned up in season six? Yeah, I was something. gonna say for two episodes. When has that ever stopped Game of Thrones from doing recasting on stuff? I understand that, but like. <laughs> like <laughs> you add facial hair and you make him blonde i guarantee you no one's gonna recognize him can, can i tell everyone the real secret of what it is okay go ahead it is the right now the the status of game of thrones as a prestige television show is so medium or moderate that there are not higher grade actors or actors with more promising career paths willing to sign up for multiple years of the show god damn it you hit the nail on the head it, it and it is it, like so here's the thing like people are like oh like why not cast like a timothee chalamet or even like a tom hiddleston like tom hiddleston for, for like if you wanted like an age equivalent to really get that weird niece uncle dynamic for like 
Matt Smith, you'd pick like a Tom Hiddleston or like even like he a even Tom- has that look, right? right. Like, yeah. and we know he can pull off blonde because he was going to be Thor or he has those casting videos where he was, you know, that color and it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Loki season two is more well, important. The, well, literally, like, like even like characters that don't have like super existing things, but whose star might like give them access to other stuff like and what even we only want to focus on british actors like the, the tom ellis who was in lucifer or like like some he of these- would be great wow yeah. yeah okay sorry sorry oh no yeah. i agree completely i think he would have been a perfect male lead for this like th- that's the thing is like right now <laughs> there were not actors that would have signed cheap enough uh that were willing to stay long enough because they probably signed for like so to put this in football terms, uh, basically uh, all of these actors' contracts are probably uh, five seasons, with uh-huh. three of those seasons being team options. God damn it! God damn it! No, you're right. You're right. I I just think you know that isn't Jude Law being like young hot pope on HBO. Like uh, Jude yeah. Jude Law seems like he's like default sinister blonde actor man, right? Again, I think that the what it really comes down to is like there are a lot of people that really love Matt Smith, mostly younger millennial, older zoomer. I, they, I think they want to call themselves younger millennial. Come on now. How long ago were his seasons of doctor who come on? So it's, it's actually not even the, the, just the doctor who it's the people who loved him on the crown for some weird reason. Dude. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're, you're, but like, so he's a name brand actor doesn't have a ton going on like he was in morbius mm-hmm. like <laughs> he was the, he was a great Matt part of morbius, morbius smith <laughs> coming but in like, like he, he's been what prince philip and morbius in the last five years or not morbius the, the morbius villain no, no like, he's been morbius <laughs> canonically <laughs> but that's the thing is like so i guarantee there weren't higher profile or slightly lower profile but like more promising actors who were willing to sign up for five seasons, basically of commitment. Okay. Because I'm, it's not a guaranteed star vehicle anymore. Yeah. I'm looking through here. Okay. We got James. Uh, I'm just going to run through some names. Yep. I need you to tell me yay or nay uh, as to whether or not like they turned it down. Like if you, if you think HBO will approach them and was like, Hey, do you want this? And then they said, no, I, I need to know what your yep. opinion is. James McAvoy. Yes, definitely approached him, said no immediately. Probably just an email. God damn it. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, Almost certainly, I think he turned it down because he's doing other stuff. Uh, they they probably had actual conversations to him, but he was too expensive. Ah, God damn it. Okay. Charlie Hunnam. What's Charlie Hunnam doing these I days? I don't think they approached him. Ah, okay. He also uh, has like, I just think, an American I, I think, face, doesn't he? Yeah, that's the problem. is too American. Yeah, <laughs> too American. That Englishman looks too American. <laughs> yep. Have a marry a sister, produce a kid, then cast that kid. You need you need that right element of you know glass behind the eyes yep. kind of a thing going on. Uh, Luke Evans, uh, like uh, he was in The Hobbit. Seems like that's like his tier for yeah. Dracula Untold. Um, I don't think they approached him. I think I think his star has fallen too low. That he's okay. he's not enough of a name brand. All right, Luke, I know you're listening. Get your agent on the phone. Season two, buddy. Come on now. Get, I don't know, what, what was his name? Bard of Lake Town? <laughs> Some <laughs> bullshit like that. <laughs> yeah. Have him be there. Be like, I don't know. My name is Yard. E-A-E-Y-I-R-D-E-E-Y or something. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, Dan Stevens? Um, he, he's t- too big a name, I would think, but, you know. He, he's... Um, I, I think actually Dan Stevens falls into that uh, exact level of where he was probably comparably expensive or would have been comparably expensive to Matt Smith. However, the built in like, like, sure, he can bring in some Downton Abbey crowd, which is some rabid people, but that's not really who they want. They, they really want the trash TV sort of. God crowd. Damn it. OK. All right. Dan Stevens. Also, get on the phone. Come on. I got this. Um Oh no! I'm looking at it right now. Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> uh, probably not. Pro- probably didn't even take their call. 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's <laughs> the ghost of Laurence Olivier. <laughs> this <laughs> list is very <laughs> all CGI. Laurence Olivier <laughs> have Andy Circus, but as Laurence Olivier as a character in the House of the Dragon. That's where half the budget went. But d- don't you know that he's playing actually all the dragons? <laughs> I thought that was Benedict Cumberbatch trying to do his smoke impression again. Um, I mean, like, okay, this is a guy who I genuinely think, though, they could have gotten, would have been affordable, and I think this is a real miss on their part, is Mark Strong. I actually agree with that. I think Mark Strong would have been a good casting choice. I, however, think once again, in the mind of of um, of a studio trying to hit a home run, like... Mark Strong has only ever played really, really like turned in incredible performances. I think they wanted um, somebody who would look more believable with hair. Okay, that's fine. Okay, well, what about Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal style with the blonde I, hair? You know, what, Riz Ahmed is too good of an actor, even yeah. if they w- would consider non-white actors, because the show. Can you imagine the Game of Thrones being like, but they're not these pasty blonde Targaryens? <laughs> oh my god. The yeah, no, just... they they don't have a black character already in the show that's getting an unnecessary amount of hate. Right, the first <laughs> actual black main character in Game of Thrones, and like just like completely getting ripped on that. Uh, yeah, people are losing their absolute mind. Um, uh, Tim Roth. Sorry, I, I, think, I, I, I think not big enough is the thing. Once again, for once again, their goal is to they want he, somebody who has enough. Oh, once again, I think great actor, but like. They want somebody who has enough name recognition that, that people are going to show up just for him. Mm, okay. And Matt no, Smith is right, the cheapest right. they can get for that. No, you're right. In terms of bang for the buck, I absolutely do think that. I, I am now just looking through like the, the list, and I'm, I'm very, very, very mad because I'm just thinking of not necessarily as the Matt Smith role, but all of these other actors. I'm like, yeah, they were available. What's Jason Isaacs up to? These days, Lost in Space season four, <laughs> not being on Star Trek Discovery. Come on right. now, like get the blo- he was in Harry Potter. We know he can do the blonde hair, blue eye kind of thing. Um, so I think I, what's I, the, I, the problem is when people will just see him as Malfoy or uh, Lucius Malfoy. You're right. That that would suck to be associated, you know, constantly with a better franchise. That's not something House of the Dragon is trying to do (laughs) whatsoever. That actually, now that I think about it, I would love it if they just cast all Harry Potter actors in the House of the Dragon show and didn't acknowledge it the entire time. I, I just think it's like, so like, I think it is notable that unlike Game of Thrones, where the highest profile actor in Game of Thrones um, was Sean Bean. And spoiler alert, Sean Bean, as Sean Bean is wont to do, dies in the end of the first season. Hell yeah. And like in this show, the highest quote unquote profile actor, like it's it's Matt Smith and then Graham McTavish is the next highest profile <laughs> actor. Like by a pretty wide margin too. Like the the rest of the cast are like, you know, they've been tertiary actors. They've been they've been really good actors in other stuff potentially, but none of them are like have really carried a specific property. And I think that they're like, okay, we're not gonna cast one recognizable person and kill him. We're gonna milk this one recognizable person for as many seasons as we can. I mean, and honestly, Graham McTavish is like an amazing choice. Like I I have. Oh, yeah. I, I would watch so much more with him than anything else. Just you know, um, uh, it's weird. Uh, did you did you watch Preacher by any chance? Yeah, I love Preacher. I thought it, I, I thought it was a very fun show. Okay, see, I watched uh, season one and two, and yeah, I I just the third one for whatever reason I kind of trailed off and never got to it. But um, him being the the Saints of Killers, I was like hell yeah. And then him being in that other fucking show got uh the witcher yes uh, I, i'm like that yeah all right there's your game of thrones audition well so <laughs> right let, let's there. let's go from there saint of killers like saint of killers has two 
six shooters. Let's talk about what you would need to take over uh, <laughs> Westeros in the era of the House of Dragons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I mean, we, we do need to, to focus up on here. We can't just keep on fan casting, right? <laughs> Posh effectively post-release fan casting. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is season two is what right, it is. Exactly. We're starting the the, the drum beat now for, yeah. for these actors. And then, um, no, okay. So uh, going in, again, I haven't seen uh, episode one yet. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon. Uh, episode one drops uh, Sunday evening. And so we'll, we'll come back in eight or ten weeks from now whenever it comes out. I don't know if there's a mid-season break or what. I, I hope to God not. Um, but anyways... I I'm pretty convinced that as of right now, all I would need is a giant crossbow like what existed in like the, the, I think it was season seven, season eight of game of Thrones of uh, what they had. Cause honestly, I'm surprised that it took people as long as it did for that because they're like, Oh shit. How are we going to take down like this giant flying battleship in the sky and then someone was like i don't know let's hurl a pillar at it and wouldn't you know it it fucking works pretty well so that's what i think is uh just one of those uh, i also really like the idea of um i know they're not going to do this but just every valerian having the anti-dragon giant uh <laughs> crossbow <laughs> so it's just like the opening scene you're seeing like hundreds of dragons coming in and then just hundreds of giant crossbows firing off simultaneously and then you're left with like two dragons for the rest of the show on a scale of one guy with a stick to an international space laser uh, <laughs> i would rate your ability to take over westeros as being 400 Normans with crossbows of various sizes. Fantastic. I, I will take that. If you give me 400 Normans that are not inbred, oh, it, hands down, it's great. We're going to break their bird bones, no problem. It's going to be like, oh, no, oh, what are you going to introduce us to next? Citrus? Oh, please stop. <laughs> uh, direct sunlight. It hurts us. And then, like, to, you know, to really mess them up, I'm going to have five blocks, and I'm going to have them all turned at slightly different angles, and then I'm going to leave them on the ground. That's going to mess with the Valerians for, like, three weeks. Going to really annoy them. Not going to want to do with themselves about it. <laughs> no, I, I really do think that, like, 400 people that haven't fucked their cousins. Granted, you told me that it's 400 Normans. Which might also exist. So, am I having my own inbred army as <laughs> no, well? No, no, no. We're going to say that you're, you get 400 commoners. Okay. Greater, greater genetic diversity. <laughs> Fantastic. I will take that. They might be missing their teeth. They might, right. you know, be suffering you, gangrene. It's okay. You're going to get 400 commoners with various crossbows and a couple of instruction manuals with pictures, <laughs> not with words. <laughs> I was about to say, please don't make me teach them how to read. <laughs> teaching the fundamentals of agriculture like weeding things out <laughs> saying like not everything has to be boiled potato <laughs> over and over again alternatively i think one 1940s u.s battleship would also <laughs> like you would also take over westeros and, if like, you, a, if a you give me a battleship i will destroy dragonstone no problem <laughs> just <laughs> imagine the sheer terrors they're like oh my oh we have to get rid of that floating fortress on the sea send out the dragon oh no the heads <laughs> the heads have come off of their bodies oh no and then they're having to send out progressively smaller and more inbred dragons out <laughs> 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 and thus ended the age of dragons <laughs> and began the age of the battleship <laughs> and then it just becomes master and commander on the far side of the world you know? <laughs> i would love that so much episode two is like the year is 487 ce <laughs> Oceans are now battlefields. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would love that. 
the idea of Master and Commander, but it's Game of Thrones is also a thousand times oh, better. Just, that's just called Black Sails. Also starring Jason Isaacs, I bet. I, I, I sounds like he was on that show, if I remember correctly. I mean, probably. Uh, I know that the the guy from uh, Umbrella Academy was on that show. Oh, we'll see. Perfect, perfect. Let me see here, Jason. Tom Hopper. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jason Isaacs, Black. I don't Black. think Jason Isaacs was on Black Sales. However, uh, Toby Stevens, who looks like Jason Isaacs but a little bit less malnourished, was. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I do think one battleship though is going to is our our firm line in the sand. That's our guesstimate for what would be needed to, to and, and take them out. The thing is, if there weren't dragons, you wouldn't need a battleship. No, it's, it's a competitive advantage. Really, right. is all it is. And so, um, all we've seen is like big spears go through. And so, I do also really, really, really like the idea of um doing a fake retreat and then the dragon swarming over and then just shooting a giant catapult at them uh, as that takes place because um that, that's my thing commanders are inbred it feels like that would be very effective <laughs> it's the uh the tactical advantage of the peekaboo strategy <laughs> <laughs> they've gone over the hill they've stopped existing (laughs) we can't see them oh time to resume our normal activities (laughs) (laughs) my god they've come back ghosts (laughs) what magic and dark spells are they using oh my (laughs) (laughs) how are we supposed to defeat them they have 10 fingers 10 toes 2 eyes (laughs) and most of their teeth (laughs) yeah uh, unfortunately I do think that um, my storming Norman uh, crew is going to uh, unfortunately again really really die as we try to make the giant crossbow. But once we get that, I just need like four of them and then we'll be fine. If you're assuming that you have pre-built giant crossbows, I give you like a 90% chance in that battle. (laughs) If you have to assemble them, it's like, that's when it gets dicey. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Explaining the basics (laughs) of physics to these, to these commoners. Like, what do you mean? If we draw it back, it'll make it shoot farther. It will trust me. This is applicable. You can use this when you get home, lead an upper, rising of some kind <laughs> I, i've been told that your your overlord steve baloney is uh, <laughs> a real son of a bitch i also do like the idea just in general not even me being involved but how far would 400 actual <laughs> commoners go in the world of game of thrones because i think the savage barbarianism that takes place uh cannot be undersold if you gave 400 commoners crossbows of various sizes i do think they would be better combatants than most of the armies in game of thrones (laughs) i just i i again really cannot stop thinking about just uh, a wave of crossbows hitting all of these soldiers all these soldiers like ah when we put our shields up the bows (laughs) the, the, the the arrows they bounce them off it's like that's the whole point. And it's like, oh my arm! Why has it gone into my arm? And then they die of like gangrene. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. We can just waiting game this shit, you know? Like you yeah. lay siege, you shoot crossbows, you leave. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think that that'll be good. What about you? Are you also of the opinion give give yourself a couple giant crossbows or a battleship? You'll be fine. All right, let's see. I think that I would need. I think, yeah, I, I'm I'm not confident about the number of dragons. There are there are a pretty decent number of dragons. If they're inbred dragons, they're still dragons. But, but if I'm assuming, what, what, do, what do we want to put the over under on for the show? How many dragons are we going to get introduced to? I think we're going to get six or eight dragons. Okay, all right. I was thinking eight. So uh, if if we put the idea being eight, so if there's more than eight, then we might be dicey. But uh, what do you think you would you would be set up for? Um, I think I could take down five to six dragons actually pretty 
not easily, but there's still dragons. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Never mind. I just looked it up. There are going to be 17 dragons in, of course, the prequel. Fine. I guess we'll need a battleship it, run yeah, by we'll, the 400. Nor- <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. One battleship run by the 400. <laughs> it's like the USS Indianapolis. <laughs> As we're all on lifeboats. I didn't teach them to swim. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Maybe don't combine those two armies. I do genuinely believe one well-run battleship would just destroy the entire Game of Thrones world. Absolutely. No, I, I mean... I, then you I, have to start oil wars. <laughs> it would be a whole thing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, again, we, we can get into it, but... Okay, 17 dragons. I'm actually going to double down. You give me like a week of prep time and I will get these 400 doormans knowing how to swim, operating a battleship, using a giant crossbow, not actual cannons, just the giant crossbow on the battleship. (laughs) And I think we'll be able to take these motherfuckers out because again, well, the thing is at least some of these dragons are going to be taking each other out. You know, I hadn't even thought of that. That really, it's seventeen, but kind of split down the middle. Right. You just got to wait for the opportune time, and, <laughs> and this is this is a waiting game. <laughs> Honestly, the greatest part about this thing is that this ends with zero dragons. So you could probably just handle this with like a, a pretty good <laughs> rifle. There's <laughs> one good crossbow. We're just hanging out on the other side <laughs> of the lake, just waiting, watching pillars of smoke go up. Like, oh man, busy day over there. All right, just wait. Just wait. Uh, any day now, any day. <laughs> the episode takes place is just a hard cut to us just learning how to fish, us you know, <laughs> trying to do like 400 bottles of beer on the wall, just you know, <laughs> trying to pass the time. Yeah, the last episode ends with somebody about to get crowned and then just 400 Normans storm <laughs> into the wedding. It's the Norman wedding. <laughs> just angrily and incoherently shouting in French. Absolutely. And, and because of these guys, based on what it is and based on the idea that, you know, like um, they all serve at the behest of a king who got cucked by the Pete Davidson of, of his era. I'm just viewing this as like uh, proto Elon Musk fanboys, essentially, is uh, w- what's taking over <laughs> in this place. So they are not the smartest. They are definitely not the most clean, but they have a just a fanatical undying loyalty to me because I promised them a couple of like cool pictures of an ape that they are <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know what an ape is they've never yeah. heard of it but they're like oh yeah it's gonna be valuable it's this gonna send my kids to uh the market <laughs> <laughs> i'll be able to sell off my daughter for so much more now <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> uh, uh, uh all right. Well, I think that's going to be it for an episode. So the bar is both high and low for House of the Dragon. Dread, thank you so much for coming on and no, uh, just, me. you know, uh, uh, talking me through this, talking me off the ledge. I look forward to watching this <laughs> and then figuring out uh, how my my Norman battleships will fare. Yeah, uh, just basically just every episode check in like my Normans could have handled that. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> it's really the disease on board the ship that <laughs> I need to try. I, I get, I'm frantically trying to get them to wash their hands. <laughs> Just it's a real comedy of errors type situation. That's I'm you're trying giving, to. They're giving them greens and they're using it to wipe their ass. There, there's a huge anti-vax scare that's going on <laughs> through the area, <laughs> trying to avoid that typhoid taking over or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you. Thank you again, uh, for this. So, I mean, we'll be back in eight weeks, 10 weeks, however long, however many episodes it is to give a recap for the season. Uh, we'll also be coming back to review, uh, well, not to review, but to do this kind of first introductory episode for the rings of power TV show. So I am very excited to pick your brain on that. Uh, I'm the, me- too. I, I, it's it's going to be great because uh, it is weird to think that now with uh, this show and then also Rings of Power and then also somehow there's going to be the uh, uh, what what is it Wheel of Time but then also the Benet Je- Jezrek show that's taking place on HBO Max like 
the the concept of uh, what a gun can do or what modern weaponry can do, it, it speaks volumes here. So thank you again for joining me on this journey. Uh, where can people find you, though, if they want to shout at you that actually they would only need 300 uh, members to be on there? 300 Spartans on the <laughs> battleship. <laughs> All sucking and fucking each other, though. That's what my 400 Normans could definitely... <laughs> 400 Normans could definitely take 300 Spartans. Just, I'm just, putting, I'm, I'm just gonna point that out there. Just the crossbow, crossbows beat shields. It's like rock paper scissors. Oh, absolutely. Plus, also like the Spartans of the era looked less like ripped Gerard Butler <laughs> and more like everyone's uncle at a Euro stand. <laughs> like <laughs> they looked like me. <laughs> uh, so, if you want to find me to yell at me, that's perfectly fine. I'm uh, at underscore dread. Or no, at dread underscore botlord um, at twitter.com, the hell site. Hell yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, like you can tell me how far you would have gotten with how many Spart- or more, more Mormons. How many Mormons <laughs> would it take for you to take over Westeros? Oh, oh man. Oh, we're, we're going back in time. Uh, maybe instead of like a Jorel comparison, it's actually like a Joseph Smith comparison. <laughs> They got kicked out of, I don't know, medieval Missouri and are instead now trying to wander through into the great Salt Lake City that is Westeros. Okay, I got it. I got it. We can get this uh, idea continuing on just a little bit. <laughs> that, that was the that was the sixth pilot. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, for, for everyone, uh, I mean, y'all know where all the plugs are in the PDG side of things on the Gigo side of things. So, uh, it's great. You can find me at forgotten Alamo, uh, go ahead and please just continue to, uh, berate us. You have eight weeks to do it to Monday morning quarterback us and tell us exactly where we were wrong or what we missed. Uh, but we will see y'all for the rings of power. Bye. Bye. <laughs>